1: Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. School myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole those of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory, An anomaly. Properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level entire
0: everyone. This week we on the Million Dollar Plan, we talked to Mark. He's got a sizable income, but we still have some questions. As hopefully you've learned at this point in time, just because you have a good income, frankly, it doesn't mean squat with good incomes for years so uh we want to make sure that he's doing a good job and and by the looks of it so far he is and we welcome him to the program now mark welcome to the million dollar plan
2: thanks happy to be here
0: well we'll see about that mark (laughs) and and, and tell us about your situation in, in a nutshell you're 36 years old who's in your house what's the what's the essence of your problem here today
2: Um, it's my wife and three kids. We have three younger children. Um, my wife's a physician. And, um, so obviously she makes a pretty good income. Um, we have quite a bit of student debt still from when she was in med school. And I guess I'm just, I'm just want to make sure that we're putting money in the right places and being as efficient as we can, just because Taxes are kind of a thing, whether I wanna, we want to minimize it now or minimize it later. And I guess we're trying to kind of split it and see if that's the right decision to make. But that's kind of where we're at.
0: All right. Well, let's get started. So your, your annual household income is about two hundred and fifty grand. That's you and her. And then we've got uh, $12,000 of net take-home pay. Uh, and, and so how, what's the breakdown of income? I know she, she's in the medical field. Uh, what do you do, Mark?
2: Um, so I, I'm typically a teacher and a coach this year. We actually just moved this past summer. So I'm working at a university, uh, for a basketball team, kind of helping out with some things. And so obviously the majority of the income is hers. Um, but she is now, she's talking about changing her role a little bit. She, we moved so she could cut back a little bit. And so she's actually a shift worker, um, in a hospital right now, but she kind of misses having her own patients. Um, and so she's thinking of getting back into the clinic setting um, next year, which would mean a bump in her income. Okay. Um, but right now, typically she um, works about 14 shifts a month, and which means about ten thousand of the the dollars a month is hers coming home.
0: 14 shifts a month. You know, I've never actually taken the time to figure out like a what a normal person works. I mean, would you say we all work 20 shifts a month? But our our right? I mean, uh, four weeks, five days, but our shifts are shorter than I'm guessing hers are.
2: Right. Yeah. So she's doing 12 hour shifts and, um, some of those are weekends too. And some of them are overnight. So I don't know if those should count as more or less, but, um, yeah, something like that. So she's cut back maybe five or six days out of the month. So she's home with the kids more.
0: I always think that's funny how different industries like classify time. I have a good friend who's a nurse and a good friend who's a doctor and they're the same way. But like, if I were to go home and be like, honey, I've worked 20," shifts this month like she would look at me like i'm crazy right
2: yeah i i think her uh, stress level is probably a little bit higher than ours in terms of working shifts so yeah we probably would get a little bit different look
0: that's fair so wh- what would you say your stress level is right now i mean again you guys got a lot of money but you've got also one hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars in student loan debt what's what's the current stress level at the mark household
2: i mean i guess i'm always kind of been a a planner and a worrier in terms of, of finances, things like that. It's kind of like my, my hobby, I guess, just, just reading up on things. The stress level is not overly high, but just looking at that number is a little bit overwhelming. And just when you see kind of the breakdown every month, they give you a statement and how much is going towards principal and how much is going towards interest is just a little bit sad, I guess. Right. And so we want to eliminate that as quickly as possible. But at the other hand, it's like, well, kids have college and I want to be ready for retirement. So that's the other thing. Are we, I hate to cut back on retirement and college planning. um, But I guess I'm open to listening to maybe we're doing too much of one or the other.
0: All right, let's do it. By the way, Mark, what's great about this for you is later on, you can watch this at PeteThePlanner.tv and see my (laughs) face talk to your voice.
2: I may have to check that out. Um, at least it's not my face, so that's good.
0: Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing, the graphic for our show. Bree, pull up the, the main slide of the, like the element. I don't have a beard in that picture, but it's Photoshopped enough that I'm handsome. But in real life, I just got this like <laughs> terrible otter strapped to my face. It's not good. All right, so how old are your kids, Mark? Uh,
2: eight, four, and two.
0: Okay. All right. So this is all coming together for me. We got, we got, uh, here's where I'm going. I'll, I'll let you inside my terrible brain. Number one, I'm thinking about donuts. Number two, I'm thinking about your situation <laughs> Just okay. being honest. Like at this point in time for me to lie to you would be stupid. So thinking about donuts. And then I'm also thinking about your situation. And here's where I'm going with it. You have $382,000 already set aside for retirement, right? Yes. You've got $164,000 in loans at 4%. And you've got an eight year old who you need to have be somewhat ready for college in about ten years for the eight year old is is that the way you think of this too?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much the way I look
0: at it. Do you know the hundred and sixty four thousand you're paying six hundred bucks uh you're overpaying by paying six hundred dollars a month. What is it scheduled like when is it scheduled to be paid off at this point? I mean it looks to me like what twenty years or something crazy like that
2: I mean twenty years I think is what it was set to come out as I was... So we have a van, too, that we're, we're, we're paying off, too, and I'm hoping to pay that off early and then throw the monthly payment I was putting on the van in addition to what we're doing for the student loan. I'm hoping, in my dream of dreams, she gets the bump in salary. We throw everything extra at the loan. I would love to be rid of this by the time we're 40-41, which is obviously pretty aggressive. But I think if we, if we really were... Focused on it and we took the extra money, which would be probably 60,000 a year next year, and through that it's a loan, we could knock it out really fast.
0: What you know, I mean, I know she works fourteen shifts a month and they're longer shifts. What kind of uh, kind of stress level does she have? I know you're the planner, but what the last thing we need to do in, in someone like her situation is to like crank up the heat on her. Is she feeling okay right now or or and by the way, does your stress impact her stress? Do you make her more stressed?
2: Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, she actually kind of leans on me to plan all this. So she doesn't have a lot of stress, but she feels not guilty, but just maybe a touch of guilt just for seeing that big number there. That's, you know, her fault or whatever, but it, it's because of that, that she makes the income she does. So, I mean, she feels, feels a little bad that the loan, the, the loan is what it is, but so she wants to knock it out as fast as possible too. And I think she's, Kind of getting on board. Um, it's taken a few years to kind of get her to that point, but she's she's ready to knock this thing out too. And to be honest, the the job switch is completely her idea, and it's kind of more up her alley because she's very good um, with bedside manner and everything. In her current situation, doing shift work, she doesn't really get to do that as much. So it's kind of the best of both worlds that she'll get paid more and get to do more what she wants.
0: I don't know what sort of bedside manner I'd have. You know, I'd be taking care of someone and I'd be like, I, I can see your butt. You know, like I would just like I'd get consumed <laughs> with things going on in the room. Like I walk in, I'd be like, that movie you're watching is terrible. I would turn it off, right? Like I I I wouldn't do well <laughs> bedside like, matter wise. So um ah, this is so interesting. What, what's the, you haven't know the uh, uh, the van's interest rate on that loan? It's zero. Oh man. Okay. So here's where my brain's going. You're paying, yeah. uh, let's go full screen, Brie on, on the student loan debt. Uh, we've got uh, 4.125% on the student loans, 0% on the van, and your long-term savings, I would hope, is clicking away on a long-term rate of return at around 8% a year. Uh, Mark, is there a reason to believe that you're not getting what the market gets?
2: No, because the majority of it is either in the index funds in, in the U.S. or some in four and two. So yeah, we should be clicking around somewhere. I'm hoping what the
0: market does. Okay. What about college funds? Uh, Do you have any college funds set up for your kids?
2: Yeah. So the eight year old has 30,000 in it already. The four year old has 17 and the the two year old has 11. Now the other thing to consider is number four is going to be here in like six months or something. You guys
0: need to just like chill out. Just like send her a a car. My wife. Yeah.
2: But my wife is an OBGYN, so oh, I mean. So she kinda, knows how all that works. You know, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're just keeping her working.
0: When, when we would go uh, to the OBGYN when our, my wife was pregnant and I would go for the visits, I would always try to make jokes that the OB had never heard before, right? Which, <laughs> is, which is impossible, right? I mean, you're, you're going in. Right, there's right, a lot yeah. of idiots like me um, that try to be funny and uh, needless to say, it usually ended up with Mrs. Planner not talking to me for a number of hours post-appointment, right? Uh, anyway. I can see that. Yeah. It, it, you know, never, never did he think, like, today's episode would turn into, like, the OB episode. Like, like you just never know what you're going to get. Um, oh, yep. So um, as we as we look at this situation, what I need to understand is, all the money you have, the three eighty-two plus all those money in the college funds for the kids. Did you organically save that money or at any point in time, did someone say, Oh, I'm dead. Here's some money.
2: No, we, we did that all on our own. Uh, when I was, when we were dating before we got married, um, I was a teacher and, you know, 22, 23 and probably saving 60, 70, 80% of what I was taking home every month and just, just putting it away. And I, a friend of mine got me hooked up on a financial advisor who I don't think was always acting in my best interest. But because <laughs> that of him, from time, to time. We do, Yeah, we do have a, a, a big chunk from when I first started working. And so couple that with my wife getting out of residency and earning more money, and we just kept throwing money in retirement accountants, and that got us here.
0: Well, I like it. So here, here's, the, here's where I'm leaning on this stuff. I, I think if you are as aggressive in the market as you are and I, I don't mean that from like you're risky i just mean if you're getting what the market's getting and you're right. paying four percent fixed 4.125 percent on the loans it's really hard to take money out of retirement uh towards retirement in order to pay off the student loans now now th- what i just said is the technical answer the technical answer is to hit retirement and deal with the loans um, with other monies Now, oftentimes, Mark, if you've listened or watched the show, you know, I usually go with the practical answer, which for some people can be to address the loans and pull back on retirement. But in truly in your situation, based on everything you've told me, uh, I would definitely do the technical uh, move, which is to just deal with the loans as they come. When a pay increase happens, use that pay increase to help with the loans, pay off the van like you are. Uh, But, you know, paying off the van aggressively is an interesting move, right? Because it's 0% while you're cranking away at uh, over $4,000 a year in interest, well well over $6,000 a year in interest on that loan. So that's a a tough nut to crack. Let's look at your million-dollar day, and let's look at how much you'll have in retirement. So if we uh, go to your million-dollar day, you and your lovely OBGYN wife, uh will be uh, millionaires on January 28th, 2024, if nothing changes. Okay. Okay, so if like, you hung up right now and nothing changed, you'd be November 28th, 2024, which takes you to a retirement income uh, scenario of uh, you'd have $9.4 million when you're 67 years old at your current pace with a net monthly income of 21958 but after inflation that's going to feel like ten thousand two hundred and thirteen dollars a month. so if you do nothing else right now, mark, you'll be at ten thousand two hundred and thirteen dollars a month if you just keep doing what you're doing and as it stands now, you and your wife are making an income of twelve thousand dollars a month. so I like your long term prospects. How about you Well
2: oh, that sounds great i I've done different calculations and things and this this is probably the one i've i've like seeing the most here. And I, <laughs> I like the way that you can, <laughs> you can kind of do the adjusted uh, inflation dollars there. That makes me feel a little better because I wasn't sure what it would be, you know, down the road, thirty some years. Yeah, so, interesting so point
0: uh, by you because the, you know, the idea of the million dollar plan is to get people to be millionaires, and people often will say to me, "Well, well," there's two schools of thought. One people will say, "Well, that seems like a lot of money," but what you just said, Mark, is true. Uh, thirty one years from now, a million dollars is not a lot of money. Uh, And number two is people will say, well, don't you need a lot more than a million bucks? And I'll say, well, of course, but you have to start at a million. Like people aren't even doing what it takes to get to a million. You're going to be at nine point four million dollars, which is fantastic. Um, So I would say long term, you're good. How about uh, an emergency fund? What do you have in savings?
2: Oh, Like 30.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm not even sweating your short term. What's your housing situation?
2: Uh, So we just moved down in the summer, bought a house. Um, The other thing is I don't know if we'll be here long-term or not. Like in a year we might move back where we were from. So we'll see. I don't know. But um, we we put 10% down. So we are paying a little PMI. Um, But um, I don't want to get too aggressive with the mortgage payments because I'm not sure if after two years we're going to be there. And so we're kind of just going a year at a time right now and seeing where we're
0: at. What scares you? What, what, what screws this whole thing up besides uh, a malpractice suit? <laughs> what, what really yeah. screws this up?
2: Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, sorry. Oh, geez. No, no, that's no. all right. Um, probably, I mean, the biggest thing would be if something happened to my wife um, you know, the whole life insurance, disability insurance type thing. Um, that that would probably be the biggest thing if she could no longer do what she does and we'd have to care for her or something like that.
0: How uh, Well, you brought it up, and I was going to bring it up yeah. anyway, but where are we life insurance-wise?
2: Yeah, uh, so life insurance, probably going to say something you don't like to hear, but oh. going back to that financial advisor guy, yeah. he got me into a VUL when uh. I was younger, which I didn't need. But now, since it's been 10 years, it's kind of, Um, I think it's kind of past the point of getting rid of it. So I have a $500,000 policy like that. My wife has a $500,000 policy like that. And then in addition to that, she has a term um, policy at her work for another $750,000. Now, we're thinking about adding to that, um, not getting one through her work, but maybe doing another $500,000 term policy. But I wasn't sure if we're overdoing it then or if that's about what we should do.
0: No, so great. So let's we're about to have a life insurance lesson here on the million dollar plan, uh, and I might I might not even say what you think I'm going to say, Mark. So that's good for you, right? Um, what are you paying on your VULs before I explain to everyone what a VUL is?
2: Okay, so we got out of the one with Mr. Financial Advisor guy and got with more of a company that has me paying seventy two dollars a month and she is paying just thirty some dollars a month. <sighs> so we are we are covered. And we're getting a little bit of cash value um or whatever whatever the term correct term is so okay. and again, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because we're paying a little bit more than term. we're getting a little bit of cash value, but you know the return on it, I'm sure is terrible.
0: What's the cash value of those accounts right now
2: Um so we actually used a big chunk of it to put the down payment on our house, so okay. I have like it's probably six or seven thousand dollars each. It was. Twenty to thirty thousand dollars
0: each, and then were that was that before you switched companies? Uh,
2: that no, we we actually switched a few years ago, and okay. so then we pulled out some of the value
0: here All last right. year. So a, a VUL, or it's called a, a variable universal life policy. It's a type of life insurance in which you you uh, pay into the policy, and it splits into two. Part of it goes to cover the cost of insuring you, the C O I, cost of insurance. The other part goes into a sub account which can then be managed uh, with different investments. Now, when you have a VUL versus a UL, the V stands for variable, meaning you get to pick your investment options, and that's what you and your advisor did, right, Mark?
2: Yeah, it's been a long time, but yes, I believe so.
0: And so then the issue becomes, is that a good way to invest is to have your life insurance and your financial retirement, uh, your your financial future in the form of retirement, all tied together. Now, you're gonna get a lot of different opinions on this. uh, And I think some of the opinions are affected by who is selling it. uh, But I would say, I'm not a broad brushstroke sort of guy. I'm not gonna say, Mark, all the ULs are bad. All ULs are bad, only do term. I I would just say this. I'm nervous (laughs) that you're paying so little on those a five hundred thousand right. dollar life insurance policy how old were you when you got this last policy
2: uh 33 maybe
0: yeah I mean, dude you should be paying what's called target premium which is hundreds of yes. dollars a month right and yes. if, if you pay less than target then the policy eats itself so the cash that right. builds off right. to the side as you get older will start to eat in and it will be needed for the cost of insurance so that In my opinion, without all the information, I don't think I need it, those policies will die before you do. Uh, They will run out and you will have nothing unless you, A, increase the premium you pay into them, or, B, take the money and run and get the proper amount of face amount via a term insurance policy.
2: Do you, I mean, so 10 years ago to now, I know you're not an insurance salesman, but how much of a difference would term insurance be from a, Healthy twenty-two year old to a moderately healthy thirty-six year old. Yeah, so
0: I updated my life <laughs> insurance when I was thirty-one, um, and I bought two and a half million dollars of term insurance, a twenty-five year policy for I think eighty-six bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right? So just a, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just and, and have them run. It's called an enforced projection, Mark. So. Go to the insurance company, ask for an enforced projection, and what it'll likely show is that the policy peters out. (laughs) Good use of Peter. Uh, It it peters out in probably the next seven or eight years because it can't support itself. Now, if you were paying $500 a month, legit, like if you were paying $500 a month per policy, this conceivably could be a good idea, conceivably, especially for a doctor, right? Because you're going to tap right. out all of your tax advantages, and this is a is a way to create a tax-free income stream at retirement. Um, right. Yeah, I'm. And that's kind of yeah. how they
2: that's how they sold it to us, um, which you know that sounds good and everything. Um, I didn't know all the different caveats of it, obviously, when, when I got it, and so I felt a little bit. I just felt like I was tricked a little bit. And so I've always had a bad taste in my mouth ever since we got it. But I just, I wasn't sure with her being a doctor, if that made things different or if we should stick with the plan or just, just sell it and be done with it.
0: Well, when you, when you call them, you're going to ask the following question. What is the target premium? And if the target, my guess is, again, it's going to be 380, 400, 500 bucks and you're paying 75 or something, right?
2: I am, yeah. She's paying even less. Yeah.
0: So that's crazy, right? And that's not your fault. I mean, you, right. you, you clearly right. realize right. I'm not beating you up over this. But no, right. So once you find out the target, your choices are the following. Either pay the target, and actually you should do what's called – if you're ever going to be in a UL or VUL her life, not only should you hit the target, but you should overfund it. That's when it right. that's when it matters. When you underfund it, I mean you're just asking for trouble. So, you have to ask yourself once you find out the target, are you willing to either hit the target or overfund it? And if not, it's time to roll out and before you cancel that, you would want to secure uh, term life insurance for the right amount, right? Right. right. Yeah, that's an inter- I I you have to tell me what happens there. Not that I just want to prove that I'm right, although that is a good time. But I'm just curious as to what the target is. I'm gonna guess for you, the target is three hundred and eighty bucks and for her is she the same age as you? Yes. Probably three hundred. So you would be paying six hundred and eighty bucks a month versus the what, hundred and twenty bucks a month or hundred bucks a month you're paying now? Right. Correct, yeah. That changes some stuff, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so then I've always I've always just gone back and forth, back and forth with this, and then I'd just forget about it for a while and then the longer it went on. The less likely I think I was to change it, and so I—I I mean, the alarm kind of went off in my head when the premiums went down so much, because when we did switch um, companies or whatever, the premiums went down substantially. Yeah. Um, and you know, in my head, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense, but I don't—if I don't have to pay as much, it sounds good to me. So. Well,
0: I'll you have the face whatever. amount while the policy is still alive. You still have the face amount, so that—that's good. I think generally speaking, when it comes to permanent life insurance, and again, a VUL as a type of, of permanent life insurance, um, I don't have a beef with the insurance itself. It's sometimes how it's sold. And I, that's pretty much what you just said too, Mark. It can be uncomfortable right. and it can be a square peg and a round hole. And I think at least the second policy you've just described is a square hole. Uh, there's pegs and holes and they don't match up. That's what I'm saying. Jeez, I forgot <laughs> which way I was going with that. How about, do you have a, do you have a will? Do you have any trust, a will or trust or we anything?
2: We do. Set up? We do. We have a will and actually a trust, I guess, as well, in case, you know, malpractice yeah. would come up or anything like that. So we do have we do have that taken care of. Now, I don't – we're not sure if the third child is on the will, so we might need to update it, so we should probably do
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, you got to update that, so that's good. No, I think you're good. Any other questions? I'm, I'm, so in conclusion, before you hit me with any of the questions – keep doing exactly what you're doing. Don't change, don't aggressive. I mean, keep paying what you're paying on the student loans. Let that amortize out on itself because in the end, you're going to have more money uh, by aggressively saving for retirement and letting your pay raises handle uh, paying extra on the student loans. And then you also need to call about those VULs, find out the target, and then make the decision uh, of what to do there.
2: What about uh, consolidating some of it? Like we probably have, we've switched jobs two and three times because my wife will train and then move on. And then we've moved jobs again. So we have them in like three to five different places. Is it advantageous to have them all under the same house or how would you recommend doing that?
0: Your retirement accounts specifically is what you're talking about? Yes, correct. I mean, the advantages are you can just be more organized by having one account. Uh, The disadvantages of having a lot of different accounts, there's a pretty good chance that you have some nasty fees going on and some crappy investments. So, um, when you find an advisor that you trust and you're with, then by all means bring it together, or you can always do it yourself uh, online. I'm a proponent of financial advisors when they bring value. I'm not a proponent of a financial advisor when they're just there to make money off of the money you've already made. And and that's hard to justify. So you just have to be honest if you can handle it yourself or, or have someone else. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I I like your situation, the fact that you're going to keep moving and maybe having some job changes, maybe creates some chaos in your financial life and maybe makes you feel less stable than you really are. But I would, I'd give you guys a, a nine out of 10. Um, and the only reason you lose a point, I don't even think it's your fault. Frankly, it's the, the the way those VULs are structured. It's, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. Um, so get some answers on those and get those answers back to me, I guess. Right.
2: So, so in theory, let me, let me ask you this, if we were to go the term route,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we cash out our policies and we get this 12000 13000 whatever it is, right. what should we do with that?
0: Well, generally speaking, you will have paid more premiums in than, um, than the cash value is worth, so there will not be tax consequences, although you should talk to your tax advisor. You could just dump those toward hell, I mean, you could pay off the van. Right, Right, that's
2: what I was wondering. Okay, yeah,
0: Yeah. pay pay off the van even though it's at zero percent interest, and you're paying five hundred bucks a month on the van, and then just crank that over to the student loans, and now we're talking, man.
2: Okay, like, I'm I'm good with that. I think I just might. I don't know that life insurance one always worries me, but I mean, well, we got to have it, so we'll figure out what to do with that. Is there any?
0: She should have, honestly. She should have about two and a half million dollars of life insurance. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah, and in your your income seems in flux, and this and that. You should have at least a half million, if not more. If if you're a primary caregiver of the children, uh, not I don't know if you are or not, but if you are, it probably needs to be. Well,
2: than- I think, I I think next year that's probably going to be the case. Just I I travel a lot with my job right now, and I don't think we can it, we can't keep. Having more kids and do that, so I think I might pull back for for a little bit, and then, so yeah, that that's probably the plan.
0: Cool. Um, one other tip to help avoid malpractice for your wife. Now this is this is advanced tip here. Um, I used to advise doctors like when they go into the room to make the patient feel more comfortable for the doctor themselves to remove their pants. But I would oh. say, you know, I mean, just you know, look, I'm not a physician, and I my roommate in college was, and I recommended that to him. It turns out that's frowned upon. So if you could pass oh. that tip on to your wife to not do that, I think it could keep you in okay. good financial standing.
2: Okay, I will. I will do that right when I get home today. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, and like, <laughs> hey, honey, I have a Peter tip for you, and then just give her the tip, <gasps> and just say, look, and, and keep your pants on when you go into the room with with the people. And I, I'm helping everyone right now. If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, why, thank you. I'll, how does I'll this make you happen? Why do I, why do people even come on the show anymore? It's ridiculous. And Mark, is there anything else I can answer for you?
2: Um, I don't think I would love to start an HSA, but okay. I don't know that I have a hard time finding a good place to find information about that, even including my own HR department here, <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't qualify and so it, with me like, right now, I am insured through my job, uh, is, and my wife has the kids insured through hers. Okay. So I don't know if it's worth me kind of going off on my own and doing, I don't know, some high-deductible plan so that I can fund an HSA just because it seems like such a great deal. Um, but the thing is, is it still a great deal if we have to sacrifice, you know, premiums now for, for benefit later? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, does she not have an HSA through the hospital?
2: No, she doesn't either.
0: That's weird. Um, so yeah, I, that's a tough answer, right? Because frankly, twelve months from now, what I tell you could be completely wrong uh, because of how healthcare changes. So I'd probably hang tight for now, and then okay. when, maybe when you when you find that final stability you're looking for here in the next few years, then make that decision now. I, I yes i would rather you be putting sixty seven hundred dollars away into an hsa but since you guys aren't all covered together you're covered on your own it's only gonna be three grand anyway Um, right so yeah i wouldn't lose sleep over that and and that's you can have a more permanent solution as your job stabilizes okay all right man well keep i have to keep me updated just email us i gotta know about the vul stuff I, i i gotta know it's gonna be crazy okay
2: all right. I will do that right when I find out. Thank you very much for your help, Pete. No,
0: my pleasure. Thanks for joining us. If uh, you want to be on the uh, million-dollar plan, go to PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. That's PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. And, of course, watch us on TV. That's all for today. We'll see you next time. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money, like then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com
1: slash podcast. Log on.
0: This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning the flights. Consult Eventual Devisor.
1: Release from Everest. The fresh is fresh. And you can call me ET. Word to John pesh Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing. So amazing. I'm the reason. Uh. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land, I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone. So enjoy yourself. Love trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say? It.